Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, your servants are here. We're listening. Speak to us now. And then out there, speak through us. In your name we pray. Amen. Relationships are contagious. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about how many ways that is true. I want you to think about how many situations in life things are spread person to person. I mean, we know one obvious one. It's why you're all wearing masks, right? The virus is spread person to person. Gossip. Another example. Gossip is spread person to person. It's the same with lies, isn't it? Lies are told person to person, and they spread. It's like that. The best advertising is what? It's word of mouth. Because of a number of you who drive Honda Pilots and love them, we drive a Honda Pilot. I'd never heard of it before. Y'all. The faith is spread person to person. I have a friend in high school who is a Christian because his sister took him to a Billy Graham crusade. Person to person. Now, some of those, some of those examples are negative. That's why, that's why you're wearing the mask, right? But it's not a negative thing to think about the faith. About our, about our relationships in the faith being contagious. And, and today's, today's gospel reading is full of examples of that. And so we're going to look at that reading today, and we're going to ask what makes for a contagious faith relationship. And the, the first thing is that for spreading the faith, real, ongoing relationships are the most contagious of all. Now, if, you, if you read this story, you need to recognize that there are three examples here, and in all three examples, these guys knew each other before this happened. When John the Baptist points Jesus out, he's standing, the Bible says, with two of his disciples. He already has a relationship with them. And then one of the two who heard John speak and, and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And so he first found his brother Peter and told him. Philip and Nathaniel, it's the same story. They were friends. And that was true before Philip told him about Jesus. Now, I know that talking to a complete stranger about your faith 
probably sounds easier than talking to somebody you know. I mean, I, it was easy for me, not easy, but easier for me, sitting on a bus between Prague and Nuremberg to talk to a young man who was sitting next to me about, geez, a lot easier than I found it to talk to my brother-in-law who had all sorts of opinions about the faith that he would throw out there sarcastically. It was easy to talk to the one guy because when he got off the bus, we would never see each other again. He was going on to his home in Switzerland, and I was going back to Frankfurt. But my brother-in-law, we were going to see each other again and again and again. Folks, I'm going to tell you, it's that very fact that makes those relationships, those ongoing, real relationships, the most important relationships in sharing the faith with people. See, I want you to think back to our text. Those two guys, they followed Jesus on the advice of John because they knew John, they had been with him. They trusted him. He had been their teacher. He had, I think beyond all doubt, baptized them. Peter trusted his brother, Andrew. He knew him. Knew him. Andrew wouldn't have just made this up. Philip and Nathaniel, the same thing. That kid on the bus didn't know me. In fact, his question to me when he, when he, when he brought up the whole thing, he said, you aren't one of these, and found out I was Christian, you aren't one of these crazy Christians, or are you a good Christian? I said, what do you mean? He says, well, are you going to be one of these guys that tries to force what you believe on me, or are you going to take the time to listen and respect my opinions as well as share yours? But I only had that short time to maybe earn some trust. Two hours so that he'd listen. But with my brother-in-law, I was going to see him again and again, right? That's the way it is with people who know you. They can, you can have more than one conversation. You can come back to it again and again, right? And they can find out by watching your life that you're, what you're talking about is real to you. You can be Jesus with skin on. They can look at you and see that you're not only talking the talk, but you're walking the walk. The pastor who had the biggest influence in my life had that influence because he let me be a part of his life. I got, both Lynn and I did, got to know him and his wife, spent time in their home. We're with them when they did family devotions. I didn't just get to hear him preach the faith. I got to see him live the faith. Real, ongoing relationships can be the most effective, contagious relationships. Second thing, such relationships are purposeful, not accidental. Purposeful on God's part and on yours. You know, John didn't just, you know, out of the blue think, 
oh, hey, here's Jesus. These guys are here. What an opportunity. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to them about Jesus. In fact, we know from the Gospel of John, he had been talking to them about Jesus the day before. In the verses right before ours, this is what we read. He saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's telling us this, all his disciples this. This is he of whom I said. So he's already, before this, been talking to them about Jesus. This is an ongoing conversation. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him. But for this purpose, this is why, John said, this is why God sent me. For this purpose, I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, right? This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And then John says, And I have seen and I have borne witness that this is the Son of God. John saw this as the central purpose of his relationship, his reason for being here, his ministry. And so that's why the very next day says... John was standing again with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by. He said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And two disciples heard him say this, and they followed him. It's the same with all your relationships. Yeah, I know there are other purposes to being a father and a friend and a brother and a worker, but let me tell you, the heart of the very central purpose for why God has put you in the lives of people around you is to share Jesus with them. That's the heart of it. Whatever other purpose there is, this is the central one. Folks, so be purposeful. Now, how do you start that? You start with prayer. I'm going to challenge you right now to get in your mind. Ask God to show you people in your life, family members, friends, neighbors, co-workers, I don't care who it is, you know, who aren't going to church, who don't have a relationship with God, or maybe have left it, or they never had one. Start praying for them. Start praying for them by name. And pray that God would give you a heart full of love for them. That God would give you a listening and respectful ear. And that God would open a doorway. Pray that God would open opportunities to talk about the faith for you and for others with them. And pray, and I got a lot of prayers on this list here, guys. Pray that God would keep your eyes, my eyes, open to those opportunities because they will come. You know, with my brother-in-law, there were a lot of people praying. And there were opportunities. But God especially opened the doorway when he got cancer. And some of the kidding and joshing and sarcasm went away and the questions came. 
And a number of people had an opportunity to share Jesus with him. Start praying and watch for God to create opportunities. See, that brings us to the third thing. The connection with Jesus is what makes our relationships contagious. It's what makes you contagious. And God does that by connecting you to Jesus. We saw it here in the text, right? You know, the two disciples, they heard John say this, and so then they followed Jesus. They get connected to Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to him, come and you will see. And they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him. And out of that connection with Jesus comes Philip or Andrew going later to Peter, doesn't it? Do you want to be excited and motivated by sharing with Jesus? Then you got to be plugged in. Be taking care of your relationship with God. And we don't, it's the, it's the, it all begins with the Holy Spirit born realization that God gave His Son for you. That Jesus was born in this world died on a cross, rose again to be your Savior. It all begins with God in baptism, plugging you in to Him, making you His own child. It all happens as God comes and speaks to you in His Word. It all happens as He comes here and meets you at His table and serves you and feeds you with His body and blood in the bread and wine. This place, this community, this congregation exists to nurture and strengthen and help you and I be connected to Jesus so that we can go out there and share Him with the world. Folks, that's when God will use you to connect others to Jesus, just like, just like we heard from one of the kids today, Right? In our text, Andrew meets Jesus. Then he found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We found the Messiah, which means Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. God will use you the same way. In the hands of the Spirit, you become the extension cord. But I want you to remember something. You are just the cord. Jesus is the power. You know, when, when Philip, I love the story of Philip and Nathaniel, because he goes to Nathaniel, and Nathaniel is a little bit sarcastic. If, if Richard was still here, I'd say, Nathaniel's a little bit like you, Richard. <laughs> he looks at Nathaniel, Nathaniel looks at Philip and says, Oh yeah, can anything good? Come out of Nazareth, like Philip, you know what a podunk run downtown that is. Philip, once you notice this, doesn't argue. Doesn't get defensive. Doesn't get upset. He just says, Come 
and see. And he lets Jesus do the rest. And Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, and he said, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there's no deceit. Nathanael said, How do you know me? And then Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And that really, Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You're the King of Israel. Folks, when you share Jesus with people, you don't have to argue with them. You don't have to prove anything to them. The message of the gospel, the Bible says, is the power of God unto salvation. You know, you all are wearing masks because this virus is dangerous. Well, people are going to need more than a mask if you come to them with the gospel. There's a saying that goes around, and I just want to make sure you hear this. It's a saying that is absolutely wrong. It says, share the faith, if necessary, use words. That's wrong. That's as silly as saying, feed the hungry, if necessary, use food. Well, of course you got to use food. And folks, people have to hear about Jesus. It's great that they see him in you, but you have to tell them because the Bible is very clear. Faith comes from hearing. Hearing the message about Christ. And that message is powerful. That message is contagious. And that message does what no gossip, no lie, no virus, no advertising can ever do. It changes lives. It gives life. Life forever. So let your relationships be contagious and share Jesus. Amen? Now with the peace of God, which pass all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. 